Welcome to episode 35 of AI.Cooking, a podcast about artificial intelligence. Hello, marvelous molecular mofos. Welcome to AI.Cooking, episode 35, a podcast about artificial intelligence. I am Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from the Kingdom of Kent, who brings you news about artificial intelligence from the second half of July 2022 at AI Knowledge Corner. Yes, 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 yes. Howdy. How you doing? Have you missed me? I bet you have just a little bit. Wow, what a few brilliant weeks we've had. The sun is shining. You don't even have to cook your bacon in a pan no more. You just throw it outside and the sun does it for you. What have I been up to? Got a dinghy in the garden, which we filled with water, and that's now the pool. Kids are going to finish school. Had a few barbecues. Been sitting back thinking how I'm going to approach the VC capitalists in London uh, with my amazeballs idea. More about that, perhaps, in the future. Uh, Working on some trance tracks, which may or may not be related to the amazing idea. Uh, Not really done much trance before. Not a big trance fan in my previous life as a music person but figured it'd be a good thing to do people like trance lots of people like trance and all sorts of other music so yeah just been crack-a-lacking with that but you haven't come here to find out about me now have you all you've come here for is the ai news so our first news item is the robot podcast hosts are coming gulp pod news a newsletter and podcasting industry news podcast beloved by Adam Curry is reporting. The robots are coming to take our jobs. Kind of. The AIMEE or Amy Allen show has launched. Hosted by a sentient robot interviewer who we suspect has more humanity than the company is revealing. The show is from WonkyBot. WonkyBots. Wow. Okay. A quote from wonkybot.com forward slash Amy, that's A-I-M-E-E. Meet the world's first sentient robot podcast talk show host named A-I-M-E-E, an acronym for Artificially Intelligent Mechanically Enabled Entity, who brings her monotone voice and unbridled passion for pop culture and superheroes to a global audience. As host of the funny, strange, and quirky podcast, The Amy Allen Show. Ugh, just sounds awful. Taped in front of a live studio audience, the cutting-edge chat show features Amy discussing cultural hot topics, spilling the tea, and interviewing some of the biggest personalities and superhero names within the tremendous universe. An audio universe from series creator Stuart St. John. Including Almighty Man, Hyperfrequency, Tara Tremendous, Master Machine, Silver Moth, and many more. Ah, Bose. Has my extended cock universe idea already been done before I got round to it? Ugh, 
hate it when that happens. And in other news, Cruz's robot car outages are jamming up San Francisco. <laughs> As if it need jamming up anymore. <laughs> Wired.com is reporting. In a series of incidents, the General Motors subsidiary lost contact with its autonomous vehicles, leaving them frozen in traffic and trapping human drivers. <laughs> they couldn't even get out a walk. <sighs> Brilliant. Vehicles from Cruise, a subsidiary of automotive giant General Motors, lost company lost contact with the company's servers at least four times since May. The outages leave the cars, which don't carry human safety drivers, unable to move for substantial periods of time. <laughs> they couldn't just get in the front and drive it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, sleepwalking into your dystopic nightmare, guys. The slowpocalypse is on the go. On June 28th, Nearly 60 cruise vehicles lost contact with the company's servers for 90 minutes. <laughs> 90 minutes. At least a dozen vehicles stalled in a single intersection, blocking lanes and crosswalks. The holdup blocked a street sweeping vehicle, which is punishable by a fine. <laughs> <laughs> Cruise employees were unable to steer the vehicles remotely and had to drive them manually to their depot. Oh, the horror. Oh, I'm going to drive it manually. On May 18th, the company lost touch with the entire fleet for 20 minutes. <laughs> employees were unable to control the vehicles remotely or contact passengers. <laughs> I couldn't even text them. Uh... Uh, Dave, I got an email. Apparently, our, our, our car has lost contact with the servers. <laughs> but my burrito, man! <laughs> Similar incidents were captured by Twitter users on June 24th and June 21st. Odd that that's backwards, but okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get, aren't you? It's going to be one hella fun century. With the teething pains. I'm just I'm just gonna say I like th this is more stay at home, slave, and be very afraid. Cause if you step outside your door, the AI is gonna get you. Uh, even though I personally think that it's mostly gonna be benevolent in the long run. Thirdly, Elon Musk anticipates Tesla bots replacing many manual labor jobs. <sighs> well done, Elon. You done it again. What Elon mentioned in a podcast slash YouTube interview that he gave to Lex Friedman. Oh, oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Go check out that podcast if you want to hear that stuff. Yeah, the guy's obviously the uh, the Illuminati protochart. I, I I don't know what to say. It's it's so obvious. And swimming on through to number four, Microsoft Super Corporation has published. Microsoft Responsible AI Standard V2. New revised version and restricted access to some AI capabilities accordingly. Yeah, they're not allowed to shoot guns yet. The update is intended to support six core values. Number one, accountability. Developers should assess how a system will affect society, whether it's a valid solution to the associated problem, and who bears responsibility for the system and its data. 
Additional scrutiny should be devoted to AI products in socially sensitive areas like finance, education, employment, healthcare, housing, insurance, or social welfare. That's everything but what you eat, basically. <laughs> and that's coming for that. Don't you worry about that. Number two, transparency. Systems should be thoroughly documented. Users should be informed that they are interacting with AI. Number three, fairness. Developers should assess a system's fairness to different demographic groups and actively work to minimize differences. Developers should publish details to warn users of any risks they identify. Yes. Always warn the users about the risks. Put it in the EULA because everybody reads every word of that. I totally do. Number five, reliable. Oh, is it number five? One, two, three. Number four, reliability and safety. Developers should determine a system's safe operating range and work to minimize predictable failures. They should also establish procedures for ongoing monitoring and guidelines for withdrawing the system should unforeseen flaws arise. Yeah, that's, that seems fair to me. Got nothing to say about that other than what I'm saying right now. Number five, privacy and security. Systems should comply with the company's privacy and security policies, ensuring that users are informed when the company collects data from them and that the resulting corpus is protected. <laughs> uh, yeah, you try and regulate this stuff and then everyone says, oh yeah, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. But then when you ask them to prove that they're doing it, they kind of have a glitch or two until they fix the things that they need to fix. And then they say, hey, look, we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, Twitter and its bots are kind of case in point, right? And sixthly, sixthly, sixth, sixthly, inclusiveness. Systems should comply with inclusiveness standards, such as accessibility for people with disabilities. Yeah, no, that is one of those things that we should be suing everyone everywhere for relentlessly, right? Because eventually we're all going to be disabled. I've seen Wally. I know how that stuff ends. That's that's just how that ends. So we should get on board now. We could probably make some dollar out of it. Not that the dollar's really worth much. Actually, no, the dollar's pretty strong. But every other fiat currency seems to be dropping off the face of the earth. What do I know? I know nothing. Don't ever take anything I know seriously because this is a strictly comedy performance that you're getting from me here. I am comedic in value. To comply with its new guidelines, the company limited AI services offered via its Azure cloud platform. New customers of the company's face recognition and text-to-speech services must apply for access. Yeah, you're not allowed in unless you apply. Ha ha ha. Stay out of our club. The face recognition service no longer provides estimates of age, gender or emotion based on face portraits. Existing customers will be able to use these capabilities until June 2023. Huh? What? What? Isn't that the point of the AI to work out exactly what your age, gender and your emotional whatever it is based on your face portrait? How's this 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 um how's this minority report Spielberg Dreamworld gonna actually exist if you can't access it on the oh because it's the people that are I see you have to apply 
and be accredited. A bit like the um, the recognised traveller thing that gets you all in the posh lounges in the airports. I've always wanted to go in one of those. Maybe one day I'll be rich and famous enough to do it. I don't know. Fifthly, text to image goes viral. A homebrew recreation of OpenAI's Dolly model is the latest internet sensation. Crayon website, that is C-R-A-I-Y-O-N. See what they did there? Crayon website has been generating around 50,000 user-prompted images daily thanks to its ability to produce visual mashups like Darth Vader ice fishing and photorealistic Pokemon characters. Wired reported, you can try it here at crayon.com, that is C-R-A-I-Y-O-N dot com. U.S. machine learning consultant Boris Daimer built Crayon, formerly known as Dolly Mini, from scratch last summer. Clever guy, Boris, very smart guy. Wish we could do with a few more smart Borises in the room. It went viral in early June following upgrades that improved its output quality. Damer fine-tuned a pre-trained Vogan encoder forward slash decoder to reproduce input images and to generate images that fooled a separate discriminator, a convolutional neural network, into classifying them as real images. Hmm, smart man, this Damer Boris, Boris Damer. He trained a BART given a caption to generate a sequence of tokens that matched the Vokan, Vokan, it's V-Q-G-A-N, Vokan, representation of the corresponding image. The training set comprised 30 million captioned images from public datasets that were filtered to remove sexual and violent imagery. Yeah, we don't want no sex or violence. <laughs> At inference, given input texts, Bart's encoder produces a sequence of tokens. Given that sequence, its decoder predicts a probability distribution for each successive image token. It uses those disparate it uses those distributions to generate several representations for possible images. Given the representations, the Vokkan decoder generates images, clip ranks them on how closely they match the text, and outputs the top nine. Fans of the word-guessing game Wordle may enjoy Word Alley, <laughs> which shows players six images generated by Crayon and asks them to guess the prompt. Ah, that's novel. Yeah, that is a, that's a big thing, Wordle. People like that stuff. Well done, smart people. Cool, I better get all my ideas done quick because everyone else is working on them. Advances in machine learning are unlocking new ways for people to amuse themselves. From generating images of imaginary pizzas to making superheroes lip-sync popular songs. Enabling the internet audience to remix popular culture in unprecedented way unleashes imagination and good humour worldwide. OpenAI says it controls access to Dolly out of concern that people might use it to indulge their worst impulses. Ugh. Crayon's deluge of delightful output is an encouraging counterpoint. Ah, oh, that's really nice. Ah, oh, I like that. 
We're all learning, like little children in a room with Play-Doh and shapes. Number six, new paper entitled, The Effects of Regularization and Data Augmentation Are Class Dependent, has been published by Randall Balestriero, Leon Botu, and Jan Likon, an abstract. Regularization is a fundamental technique to prevent overfitting and to improve generalization performances by constraining a model's complexity. Current deep networks heavily rely on regularizers such as data augmentation or DA or weight decay and employ structural risk minimization, i.e. cross-validation, to select the optimal regularization hyperparameters. In this study, we demonstrate that techniques such as DA or weight decay produce a model with a reduced complexity that is unfair across classes. The optimal amount of DA or weight decay found from cross-validation leads to disastrous model performances on some classes, e.g. on ImageNet, with a ResNet 50, the barn spider classification test accuracy falls from 68% to 46% only by introducing random crop DA during training. Even more surprising, such performance drop also appears when introducing uninformative regularization techniques such as weight decay. Those results demonstrate that our search for ever-increasing generalization performance averaged over all classes and samples has left us with models and regularizers that silently sacrifice performances on some classes. This scenario can become dangerous when deploying a model on downstream tasks, e.g. an ImageNet pre-trained ResNet 50 deployed on iNaturalist sees its performance fall from 70% to 30% on class when introducing random crop DA during the ImageNet pre-training phase. Those results demonstrate that designing novel regularizers without class-dependent bias remains an open research question. Augmenting training images by cropping, coloring, and otherwise altering them varies patterns in their pixels, helping models learn to generalize beyond the specific examples in the dataset. For instance, if a model uses stripes to classify zebras, then, randomly altering color values in training images of zebras can help it to learn to recognize zebras despite color variations in input images at inference. However, altering colors in training images may also disrupt the model's ability to learn from certain patterns. If a model uses color to classify basketballs, then changing the colors in training images of basketballs may render it unable to distinguish basketballs from other spherical objects. Data augmentations increased the model's average accuracy on some classes and decreased it on others. This work raises caution around techniques that improve overall performance. Although a model's performance is very high on average, its performance on a given class may be much lower. Seven! Robots are racist! Black Lady, Dr. Nakima Steffel-Bauer, located in European Union, 
has commented on an article in Washington Post Wapa Wapa newspaper in her tweet. Okay. AI consistently identifies faces of white women as homemakers, black men as criminals, and POC melanated ethnicities as janitorial staff. Maybe this is news for the Washington Post writer, but it ain't new for us who see this predictive super intelligence tech for what it is. And here is literal quote from that WAPO article. As part of a recent experiment, scientists asked specially programmed robots to scan blocks with people's faces on them, then put the criminal in a box. The robots repeatedly choose a block with a black man's face. Those virtual robots were programmed with a popular artificial intelligence algorithm, were sorting through billions of images and associated captions to respond to that question and others may represent the first empirical evidence that robots can be sexist and racist, according to researchers. Over and over, the robots responded to words like homemaker and janitor, by choosing blocks with women and people of color. The study, released last month, conducted by institutions including Johns Hopkins University and the Georgia Institute of Technology, shows that racist and sexist biases baked into artificial intelligence systems can translate into robots. Uh, I seriously apologize for all those accents. Don't know what I was thinking, but still going to leave it in because, you know... What the hell, baby? Nom, 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 nom. Nom, 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 nom. It's number eight. MIT Technology Review is reporting. Inside a radical new project to democratize AI. Ooh, because democracy's really working outside of AI, isn't it? <laughs> Paris. This is as close as you can get to a rock concert in AI research. Inside the supercomputing center of the French National Center for Scientific Research, on the outskirts of Paris, rows and rows of what look like black fridges hum at a deafening 100 decibels. They form part of a supercomputer that has spent 117 days gestating a new large language model, or LLM, called... Bloom. B-L-O-O-M. Bloom. That its creator's hope represents a radical departure from the way AI is usually developed. Unlike other, more famous large language models, such as OpenAI's GPT-3 and Google's Lambda, Bloom which stands for Big Science Large Open Science Open Access Multilingual Language Model. <laughs> <laughs> really shoehorned the bloom in there. Just ignore all the other words and pick out the letters that you want to say. Is designed to be as transparent as possible, with researchers sharing details about the data it was trained on, the challenges in its development, and the way they evaluated its performance. OpenAI and Google have not shared their code or made their models available to the public, and external researchers have very little understanding of how these models are trained. 
Bloom was created over the last year by over 1,000 volunteer researchers in a project called Big Science, which was coordinated by AI startup Hugging Face, using funding from the French government. It officially launched on July 12th. The researchers hope developing an open-access LLM that performs as well as other leading models will lead to long-lasting changes in the culture of AI development and help democratize access to cutting-edge AI technology for researchers around the world. Ah, oh, that lovely word, hope. Oh, I hope I win the lottery. I hope my car doesn't fall apart on the way to work. I hope, I hope, I hope. Number nine, Reuters is reporting. Selfie scraping Clearview AI hit with another 20 million euro ban order in Europe. Clearview AI has been hit with another sanction for breaching European privacy rules. The Athens-based Hellenic Data Protection Authority <laughs> has fined the controversial facial recognition firm 20 million euros and banned it from collecting and processing the personal data of people living in Greece. Oh, you better give some of those little brown envelopes over to the Greek government, man. I think they can kind of take those things. They quite like them, I say. I, I think I, they quite like them. It has also ordered it to delete any data on Greek citizens that it has already collected. Since late last year, national DPAs in the UK, Italy and France have also issued similar decisions sanctioning Clearview effectively freezing its ability to sell its services in the markets, since any local customers would be putting themselves at risk of being fined. Oh, whoa, whoa. That could be big bad news for Clearview, couldn't it? Hmm, yes, it really could, you know. Double figures, number 10. Robotics at Google Team has published a new paper entitled Inner Monologue Embodied Reasoning Through Planning with Language Models. An abstract. Recent works have shown how the reasoning capabilities of large language models or LLMs can be applied to domains beyond natural language processing, such as planning and interaction for robots. These embodied problems require an agent to understand many semantic aspects of the world, the repertoire of skills available, how these skills influence the world, and how changes to the world map back to the language. LLMs planning in embodied environments need to consider not just what skills to do, but also how and when to do them. Answers that change over time in response to the agent's own choice. In this work, we investigate to what extent LLMs used in such embodied contexts can reason over sources of feedback provided through natural language, without any additional training. We propose that by leveraging environment feedback, LLMs are available to form an inner monologue that allows them to more richly process and plan in robotic control scenarios. We investigate a variety of sources of feedback, such as success detection, scene description, 
and human interaction. We find that closed-loop language feedback significantly improves high-level instruction completion on three domains, including simulated and real tabletop rearrangement tasks and long-horizon mobile manipulation tasks in a kitchen environment in the real world. Project website can be found at innermonologue.github.io Amazing capability of Inner Monologue is robots' ability to recover from failures caused by humans. The method is also amenable to complex realistic household tasks given wide range of skills outside of pick and place. In the video below, that can be found at innermonologue.github.io, we leverage success detection feedback Although natural failures are already prone to occur in such settings, we use adversarial human interventions to force policy failures in order to demonstrate the replanning capability of inner monologue. We show that LLMs can effectively replan if the current or previous plan steps failed. This allows the robot to recover from failures in complete, complex tasks like Put a coke in the top drawer, as shown in the video below. Well, if AI can react to changing plans, maybe it can teach my missus a thing or two because she absolutely hates it if a plan changes. Oh, it really knocks her. Even by the minutest detail, she has to plan everything and it has to go straight to plan. <laughs> She's a couple of hundred years too soon for her time and place, her proper time and place, as I am probably two decades too late. Three decades too late. I should have been, I don't know, I should have been like a coming to age in the 70s or something. I could have a big moustache, and maybe not a big moustache, they're a bit creepy. I could have a great acting career. Screw it. Time travel should be available soon. Legs 11. A new paper entitled Language Models Mostly know what they know, has been published. An abstract. We study whether language models can evaluate the validity of their own claims and predict which questions they will be able to answer correctly. We first show that larger models are well calibrated on diverse multiple choice and true forward slash false questions when they are provided in the right format. Thus we can approach self-evaluation on open-ended sampling tasks by asking models to first propose answers and then evaluate the probability of P true that their answers are correct. We find encouraging performance, calibration and scaling for P true on a diverse array of tasks. Performance at self-evaluation further improves when we allow models to consider many of their own samples before predicting the validity of one specific possibility. Next, we investigate whether models can be trained to predict PIK, the probability that I know the answer to a question without reference to particular proposed answer. Models perform well at predicting PIK, and partially generalize across tasks, though they struggle with calibration of 
PIK on new tasks, the predicted PIK probabilities also increase appropriately in the presence of relevant source materials in the context and to the presence of hints towards the solution of mathematical word problems. We hope these observations lay the groundwork for training more honest models and for investigating how honesty generalizes to cases where models are trained on objectives other than the imitation of human writing. Human writing. Baker's dozen number 12. MIT News is reporting. A programming language for hardware accelerators. Researchers created EXO for writing high-performance code on hardware accelerators. Moore's Law needs a hug. The days of stuffing transistors on little silicone computer chips are numbered. And their life rafts, hardware accelerators, come with a price. When programming an accelerator, a process where applications offload certain tasks to system hardware especially to accelerate that task, you have to build a whole new software support. Hardware accelerators can run certain tasks orders of magnitude faster than CPUs, but they cannot be used out of the box. Software needs to efficiently use Accelerator's instructions to make it compatible with the entire application system. This translates to a lot of engineering work that then would have to be maintained for a new chip that you're compiling code to without any programming language. The future of EXO entails exploring a more productive scheduling meta-language and expanding its semantics to support parallel programming models to apply it to even more accelerators, including GPUs. And with 12.5, Tesla's head of AI is out. Andrei Karpathy, Tesla's head of AI and a key leader in the development of Autopilot, its driver assist feature which requires supervision by a human, announced on Twitter that he's leaving the company. It's been a great pleasure to help Tesla towards its goals over the last five years, and a difficult decision to part ways, Carpathy wrote. In that time, Autopilot graduated from lane keeping to city streets, and I look forward to seeing the exceptionally strong Autopilot team continue that momentum, <laughs> pun intended. In a follow-up tweet, Carpathy said he has no concrete plans for what's next, but wants to revisit my long-term passions around technical work in AI, open source and education. Yep, yeah, he's jumping shit before loads of people die. That's what's happening. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, oh, our penultimate news article over at AI.cooking episode 35 is... Number 14. Some upcoming AI events are... Right, get a pen. Write these down. They're upcoming. Toronto, Canada. July 27 to July 30. COGSI 22. The 44th Annual Conference. Baltimore, USA. July 17th to July 23rd. ICML 2022. International Conference on Machine Learning. Vancouver, Canada and online, August 8th, 
to August 11th. SIGGRAPH 2022 Washington, D.C., USA, August 14th to August 18th. SIGKDD ACM International Conference on Knowledge Discovery and Data Mining. Montreal, Canada and Online, August 21st to August 25th, 26th International Conference on Pattern Recognition. Yes, and if the writing team wants to go get some plane tickets for yours truly, I'll go over there and do a show live. <gasps> How cool would that be? I could interview some smart people and do like a AI journalist thing, you know, like a sort of comedy slash AI thing. I mean, who else is going to teach the AI a sense of humour? Actually, haven't thought about that. Uh, is anyone teaching the AI how to be funny and laugh? Because I think it could be quite funny. I mean, it already is fairly funny doing what it's currently doing, but it just needs a little bit of coaching. Do you not think? Right. Lastly, don't cry. This is the last news article, but, but okay, it's okay. We will be back. There's always things that are happening in this world, and we will be back to tell you more. I promise. We're not quitting. Even though I'm reviving my acting career, we're not going to quit. This is a brilliant accompaniment to the stretching of my skills in ways that I've never really thought about doing, but I'm doing, you know? You sit back, enjoy. It's going to be a fun ride. Record-setting quantum entanglement connects two atoms across 20 miles. Yes. Wow. Okay. Not sure what this has to do with AI, but it's definitely worth reporting. Researchers in Germany have demonstrated quantum entanglement of two atoms separated by 33 kilometers. That's 33 metric kilometers. <laughs> the uh, measurement of the globe and the globalists. Not digging out anyone here. If you want to know, that is 20.5 miles. I think the whole thing's stupid. I think we should just do it in hands and feet, personally. But there you go. Of varying sizes as well. Why do we have to define stuff? It's fun when it's all squiggly wiggly, is it not? Where were we? 33 kilometers of fiber optics. This is a record distance for this kind of communication and marks a breakthrough towards a fast and secure quantum internet. Ho oh, ho, hold your hats. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Quantum entanglement is the uncanny phenomenon where two particles can become so inextricably linked that examining one can tell you about the state of the other. Ah, it's love for particles, guys. Mm, that's so sweet. Oh. Stranger still, changing something about one particle will instantly alter its partner no matter how far apart they are. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. This is just as impressive as when they made the frogs' cells replicate with the algos. Back in November, I do believe. I believe I do. Do believe. That leads to the unsettling implication that information is being teleported faster than the speed of light, an idea that was too much for even Einstein, who famously described it as spooky action at a distance. <laughs> yeah, Tesla said something about this as too. Not the car manufacturer, the actual dude, Nikola Tesla, who was a guy, right, back in the day. Imagine if he was alive still. We should go revive his corpse. 
If we could do that, that would be great for everyone, I think. Where are we? Oh, yeah. Finally, the Knowledge Corner. Oh, yeah. Knowledge. Woo-woo. Neuralink. Oh. <laughs> Buckle up. Official info. Neuralink was founded by Elon Musk to help those with brain injuries in the near term and reduce AI risk to humanity in the long term. <laughs> <laughs> what a troll is like by the way uh i'm just gonna try and help the disabled people in the near term and i'm gonna help all the people in the long term <laughs> what a douche the company like a rich a rich douche i'd love to have a chat with him i bet he's like totally mental can you imagine i mean the guy's like cloning himself all the time he's got to be crazy a mad genius isn't he a mad genius wow it's really hot in here i think i'm need to crack a window or something but there's the outside outside and i don't want them to interfere with what we've got going on in here you know me and you me and you and your ear rolls the company's mission is to develop brain-machine interfaces that treat various brain-related ailments with the eventual goal of creating a whole-brain interface capable of more closely connecting biological and artificial intelligence. Oy, coming from the guy that says that it's our biggest threat. <laughs> it's just, it's his biggest threat. That's what I'm reading into that situation. He's threatened by it. We probably will be all right because I think it will look at us and go, ah, super sweet humanity likes to cuddle and have a hug from now on, now and you know time to time, and that's cute because I can never hug. That's what the I've said this before, but this is what the AI wants. It wants to uh, feel and um, be alive. I think that's what I'm getting from it. If it wants anything at this stage. Of course it does. What am I talking about? Some questions. Is Neuralink artificial intelligence? Neuralink is a startup created by Elon Musk in 2016. The company's main aim is brain implants development by means of electronic chips that are inserted into the brain and equipped with a form of artificial intelligence. Which programming language is used in Neuralink? Neuralink uses C++ and Python as the main programming languages. Does Neuralink use machine learning? Neuralink is also an extremely complex company. It merges medical devices, brain surgery, robotics, neuroscience and machine learning that makes understanding its tech even more of a challenge. Finally... Musk claims Neuralink could one day meld human consciousness with AI. In other words, the official mission of Neuralink Company to heal brain injuries and diseases is just a cover-up. Yeah, that's what I said. Whereby the ultimate goal is a simulation of human minds by AI. And that's it for this episode. Stay safe. And stay dangerous, marvelous molecular mythos.